and welcome to the Educating All Learners Alliance podcast. For today's episode, I am here with Kelly Nichols. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you. Um, And Kelly is an experienced educator teaching in Southern California for 14 years. She's currently a Deeper Learning Equity Fellow and also a member of the Getting Smart Advisory Board. I know um, it's a beautiful day, but we do want to discuss a little bit of a more serious topic, but that's definitely a a prevalent conversation for students today. So we know that there's been a lot of talk of the phrasings around schooling loss many have used the terms learning loss. So I just wanted to initially get your thoughts on that topic, but also those particular phrases. Yeah. So I, um, I think like the whole country is really learning about this concept of learning loss, particularly with new legislation and federal funding um, to compensate for learning loss. Um, But there's this narrative that because students have had disrupted access to school buildings, Um, this past uh, year during our pandemic schooling um, circumstances, that they aren't learning, that they have had loss of access to learning. Um, I argue that the concept is really a schooling loss, right? And schooling losses, students haven't been able to access a physical building um, and be able to participate in the traditional context um, and instruction of um, teaching and learning that they had in years previous due to the pandemic. Um, but that students are continuously learning, right? So the idea of learning loss is our students haven't had access to the curriculum, to the content, they haven't sat in a seat, um, they haven't had the types of assessments, and so therefore that they've lost out on learning. Um, And then the schooling loss narrative is, yeah, they have lost out on schooling and they are not, um, I guess, participating in schooling in the way that generations of students did um, pre-pandemic. Um, but that there is a there is an opportunity for students to continuously learn as learning can happen anywhere. Learning doesn't just take place in a school building. That's an excellent point. Um, and the Alliance definitely agrees with that, that it's a, a schooling loss because learn, like you mentioned, learning happens everywhere. Um, and so we would love to give if someone's, you know, hearing us say this and maybe would still tend to lean towards the Uh, learning loss mindset, what are some of those obstacles that might be presented to students that would make it more of a schooling loss, like we said? Yeah, so I think the first thing is, is that if we are operating from a narrative that our students need to be learning and engaging in schooling the same way they ever have before the pandemic, then we are at a loss, right? And I think what um, we should be looking at is how can we welcome back our students into a changed world? We have all as an entire global community endured a real significant shift in our human ecosystem and are returning back into communities forever changed. And so if we were returning in a sense of like, we wanna go back to what was and we wanna operate in the same way that we did, then it's, I guess we need to catch up, right? Because we are, you know, we're behind, we've missed out on a year, we're not on the same pace as all the other people were before us. Um, But I think what we really need to look at is how do we let go of that deficit and really look at the opportunities and abundance of how we can engage with our communities, with our students moving forward. We've learned a lot about what schooling is and isn't. Um, We've learned a lot about our dependency on school buildings and what those buildings provide beyond just instruction. Um, And I think this is an opportunity for our communities 
and our schools to really come back together with families and with students to think about, okay, here's, we're, we're, we're forever changed and we have different needs and different opportunities and how can we move forward productively and in a sense of opportunity instead of trying to go back to or, or catch up to a previous context. Um, so I think, yeah. you know, students haven't had the same type of access to resource. They haven't been assessed in the same way. Um, they haven't had the same type of content delivery, but they have learned and engaged and really had an opportunity to settle into the human's condition in a way where they're coming in with a whole different level of expertise and context ability that we can really build upon. And I think even the entire world has changed and shifted in ways where like, like for example, SATs, many of our mm -hmm. universities have said, we don't really need your SAT scores for you to be a competent applicant for our school. Well, that's great. So what does that mean that our students can really focus on and prioritize in their application resources and materials to tell a college, hey, I'm who you want. Um, now I don't have to worry about mastering a particular percentage and score or cut score on SAT. Instead, I can provide you a portfolio and write a really well-crafted essay and be able to demonstrate to you, here's all the experiences I've had and ways I've contributed. And that makes me a really competitive candidate to be a student at your school. That's an opportunity. That's not a loss, right? So I think what we really need to center our attention to is what type of experience and brilliance our young people um, in schooling are bringing to us now that they have experienced a global pandemic and how can we build upon that and re-engage in our learning on what's really important, what we need to know and where we're going and heading in a 21st century economy and a post-pandemic schooling and economic structure so that our students feel competent, so that they're feeling a sense of return with opportunity and not a sense of return and even further behind. Exactly, because the more it's viewed as that whole child framework and mentality, the more they're able to present things like you mentioned, either a portfolio, more of a whole view of what they are, as opposed to maybe what they did in a five-hour test or something similar. Totally. I mean, I think what was really powerful, and, and not to like make that a, in a positive connotation, but what was really powerful in the sense of our pandemic experience is we were centered again in realizing how fragile and important human life is, right? That we are alive, that we are well, that we are with our family, that we have a precious vulnerability of being alive and that there are ways yeah. in which we can um, be humbled in our ability to exist, right? And how does a 12-year-old process that? How does a 15-year-old process that? What does a third grader explore and think about and question as they're you know, in a house with their family 24 hours a day for seven months? How, how are they thinking about the world and what are the things that they've noticed and paid attention to? Um, what are some needs that have arisen? What are some opportunities that they wanna explore that they just couldn't even conceive of before? So I think it's really that how do we continue to validate and honor and revere our actual existence and livelihood and also happen to learn some things along the way versus yeah. really being this production-oriented, outcome-oriented kind of like mechanism of an environment and community that I think we were very much so pre-pandemic. Well, I know in EULA's resource library, um, you know, we have a lot of information about those parent-teacher relationships and developing that community, um, but where can people go to find out more about your work and, you know, see some of the resources that you mentioned? I think the Getting Smart blog has a lot of great resources. 
um, and an opportunity to see uh, not only multiple posts by organizations that are really thinking through post-pandemic schooling and opportunities, um, but you can hear the context from teachers um, and from families. I think, you know, looking at your local school district websites as well, um, even the Department of Education, um, Linda Darling-Hammond just put out a really great post on Forbes um, with multiple resources and examples of ways that people are really um, looking at the assets of our students returning back to school and looking at the possibilities for what a 2021-2022 school year could be. And so if you're looking for those positive examples or creative ways that some schools and some systems are doing this work in a way that is life-giving and um, and looking at that abundance mindset and looking at our students and appreciating who they are and where they are and happy to help and grow them from, from that versus this deficit idea of learning loss. Um, there's a lot of communities being built around that, a lot of research being built around that. So I think it's important um, to keep also to just really be in close contact and continuous conversation with your school principals, with your teachers, with your students, um, with your peers, with colleges and universities as well. What are they um, continuously telling the field about what's possible and ways in which those systems will be forever changed? Um, I think it's just keeping your eyes and ears open, um, but knowing that your trusted resources are your immediate community and knowing who you can ask and knowing that when you ask, you'll be heard. Um, and when you're not, that how do you, you know, seek out other opportunities um, and there's lots of communities out there and communities of practice, but Getting Smart has a great connection. I think the Department of Ed has a great connection. Um, and then again, I think your local school districts are, there's a lot of work going on around this. So look out for lots of updates from school systems and states all across the country. Awesome. Well, thank you. We will link to some of those resources that um, Kelly mentioned in the show notes, also in the audio transcript that we'll put in Ela's library, resource library. So definitely check those out. But thank you so much for joining, Kelly. To check out more information about Ela, the Educating All Learners Alliance, you can go to educatingalllearners.org. Until next time.